All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome to a Monday, Monday edition of Dropping the Gloves. Tim Wurzberger is here. John Scott is here. Tim, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. I like the Monday episode. The Monday morning. Well, this is a special episode. I, I don't think we've ever done a Monday one, but after the tweet I sent out last Friday, I think it was, things got a little uh, chaotic quickly. It escalated quickly, to say the least. Was your phone blown up? Yeah, we had um, some players, a ton of reporters just reaching out and saying, what is going on? Is this true? I had to talk some players off a ledge. Just they're like, I'm not ready. What's happening? So it was, um, yeah, it was kind of expected, not expected. I know a lot of people think I threw it out there just for like clickbait or to get attention. And if anybody knows me, they know I, I don't like attention and then that's not my, that's not how I work. So I would never throw something out there just to like get a reaction from people. That's just not, you know, in my makeup. So for those of you out there who think that, Oh, John just wants attention. Trust me. I've had enough attention in my life. I'm good. I get enough attention every day in my house. As soon as I wake up, I'm just inundated with kids asking me questions and all over me. I don't want to talk on the phone to reporters or look at my phone for text messages all day long. So to say that's the case is completely untrue. So let's just get right to it. I don't want, I don't want to mess around. The tweet was, Tim, why don't you read the tweet? I, I can't remember what I said. Yeah, sure thing. And, and you're standing by the tweet, right? I don't know. We'll see. Just got word that the NHL camps will begin again June 1st. European players are coming back soon. Hashtag breaking. So. Here is what happened in my Friday night, early Friday night around 5 p.m. I, I, I got a text from my source. 
So he is a person in Europe with close contact to most European players. He works with most of them. And he was told that the NHL has started to contact European players. To And I don't know if, how the NHL does this, if they do it through agents, if they do it through my source, if they do it through other people. But I was told that they started to tell the European players to prepare for a camp starting June 1st. So that means started to get your travel agenda, you know, kind of started to alert your family, get your housing stuff ready for the city you're going to just get that ball rolling. And so I wrestled with tweeting that out. I was like, should we release this? Should we not? My source is fairly reliable. You know, he is in Europe. He is in contact with these players. And why would he lie? You know? So I, I just said, roll with it. I, I said, I'm going for it. I, I, I didn't just throw it out there haphazard. Like, Oh, let's just do this as a laugh. I knew it would get a little bit of attention, but I'm not just throwing things out there. Like, Oh, like uh, we're going to start playing next week. No, this is a pretty safe tweet. If I'm the NHL and I want to have a season for July 1st, I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Like, I I think the worst thing the NHL can do is to just be caught with their pants down. And all of a sudden, the NBA starting up, baseball starting up, the NFL's in full swing, and the NHL's just like, whoa, we thought we were going to cancel, and all these other teams are – and they're scrambling. So this is the prudent thing to do for Gary Bettman to say, hey, fellas, just be prepared. We want you guys back June 1st. Now, if this virus ramps up, and things change, he can just pull the plug. But as of now, as far as I'm concerned, players report back June 1st for a start of the season, July 1st area. Last week of June, first week of July. And that's what I've heard. And I didn't see the reactions. I, I don't like reading reactions to Twitter just because I've had a terrible, terrible history of that. And so you said, Tim, the reactions were mostly excited. People are just kind of like don't mess with me or don't like toy with my emotions. Was that the overall kind of consensus? Exactly. It was people who were excited. People were, you know, happy to see sports back on the horizon and the not too distant future. A lot of them, like you said, were like, don't you dare lie to me, John. Don't you dare lie to me. Um, and of course you got some negative feedback of like some, some political conversations like, Oh, you're not open the borders or this or that, or this politician said this. And, um, you know, you're always going to get the negative comments and, and the pushback, but overall it was obviously pretty happy and, um, even had some players and, and uh, reporters chiming in there. So they all want to know who you're hearing it from and what you know that they don't. So this is kind of to, to uh, cover that. It's exciting. Yeah. I, over the years, just because I've played on so many teams that I've met so many people, I don't want to be the, in the insider game. That's not what I like to do. I like to kind of just give my opinion, but I know a lot of people in hockey just from that standpoint where I've been on seven NHL teams. I've met seven staffs. I I know a ton of people. So if I like want to find something out, I can do that just based on that fact alone. So it's not like I was actively trying to find this stuff out, but it's not like I'm just hiding in my house, like not aware of what's happening. So I was interested as to when the NHL would start up, if it was happening. So I did throw out a few feelers and um, yeah. And here we are, you know, I, I think 
the logistic point of this, all the people talking about, you know, the travel ban, this and that it's, it's the end of April. We still have all of May to go through. And then we're at June and the league is planned to start in July. So we're looking at two months away from now. So a lot changes in two months. Just look where we were two months ago. No one really knew this virus existed two months ago, honestly, right? It was February. People were still walking outside. There was no travel ban. There was nothing. And now here we are two months later and we're in complete lockdown. So it could flip-flop the other way in two months where we have a handle on this virus and things are opening up or it could be completely worse. And we could be even further down the rabbit hole where, you know, the virus is even worse than it is now. So no one knows, but like I said, it's the NHL's job. And I'm glad they're doing this to plan to come up with a strategic plan for when things do open up because I think everyone's so concerned now about well you got a social distance and this and that well that's great but listen I'm already starting to get stir crazy and I want to get out now that the weather's warm what do we do now we need a plan for when we can get out and the idea that you can't play and I don't know if I agree with this idea I'll just say that but I'm gonna kind of defend it the idea that you can't play games just because of the health risk is is wrong. You can do things to safeguard yourself. If you play a game in an empty arena, there's probably total, maybe a hundred people there. That's it. There's the two teams, 23 players, the staff that raises that up to 30. So it's 60 people from the team's perspective. You got the refs. That's 65. You have the people to run the lights. That's 75, 80. Then you maybe have a little bit of security. That's 100. That's all you really need. You're not doing concessions. You're not doing tickets. You're not doing anything else. So to get 100 tests in 31 rinks, not that big of a deal. Like you're not putting anyone at risk at that standpoint. Um, The travel ban, some areas, they're not allowing activities or events. I wonder if this is why they're looking at alternative alternative, uh, venues. If, if a place like, just say, Detroit is very strict. Our governor is very, very strict. If you can't play at Little Caesars Arena, go to North Dakota. Those, that's the Detroit Red Wings home rink for the, for the foreseeable future. You know? Because in, in states down south, Florida opened things up. Dallas is opening things up. Those states are able to hold games where other states might not be able to do it. Canada, maybe Toronto can't play in Toronto. Where do you go? You know, you, you go to Winnipeg, maybe you play out in Halifax. Those are the things that they have to work through. But I think it is possible. The planes, you just get your air, air, airline staff tested. When I played in the NHL, I, every team, we flew with the same plane every single time. We had the same um, air staff every single time. So just get those people tested and you're good. Like, I, I know it's, it doesn't sound ideal, but it's definitely doable. It's definitely possible. So I, I think, yeah, I definitely stand with my tweet. I think it's 100% true. And just, just since then, you've noticed a few other outlets are slowly, like the guy in Vancouver sent a tweet out. Oh, well, I've heard people in Vancouver. Oh, what did he say? Do you have the exact tweet, Tim? I do. So this is a guy named Irfan Gafar, who is not verified, um, but he's followed by Ken Reed, Elliot Friedman, like Jeff Merrick. He's the real deal. I think he writes for... Um, one of the, the sports nets in Vancouver. And he said, uh, again, on Friday or Saturday, here's his tweet. Sounds like a number of players from different teams around the league have been told to be back in their respective cities no later than mid-May. Not sure how this works, but maybe some, maybe 
doing informal skates in late May, early June, leading into possible NHL camp. So pretty much aligns with exactly what you said. Interesting. Interesting. And then, like I've said all along, the NHL will follow what the NBA is doing. The NBA will be the first one to act, and then the, NBA, and then the NHL will just follow suit. And what happened this week? The NBA is opening up their training facilities for players to start coming back and working out. That dropped. I don't know when it, when it happened, if it was this weekend or a little bit before, but that is the first domino to fall. And the NHL is not going to be left, like I said, with their pants down, kind of sitting there. They are going to follow suit with the NBA. And so this is what's happening. And, and uh, the NBA was starting, they said May 1st is when they're going to get their players back in there. Obviously, the NHL is a little bit more when it comes to training because it's harder to train when you're stuck in your house for hockey than it is for basketball. Basketball, most guys, they got a hoop in their backyard. They can, they can stay fit. They can stay with it. I think their training camp is a little bit shorter to get back into action. Hockey is a, is a lot longer just because we use a lot more muscles than you do in the NBA. We have a lot more systems. It's, it's hard to shake that rust off rather than just shooting the ball through a hoop. So it's, um, and then we have a lot more guys around the world. NBA is predominantly USA, I would think. So to get those guys back to Canada and USA is a little bit trickier, but it's doable. I just, my neighbor just flew back from Hawaii. Like people are flying. He's like, I was in the airport. It was a ghost town. It was so surreal. He got stuck in Hawaii not a bad place to be, but he was stuck in Hawaii for, gosh, I think six or seven weeks where he was supposed to come back and he had to stay another two weeks because they weren't flying out. So it's doable, Tim. It's definitely yeah, doable. It is doable. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I want to hear you talk a little bit more about why they need four weeks to prepare. It seems excessive, especially given that the longer you have to give these guys, the, the later the season could potentially go into the summer and then delay next year or at least screw up next year's training camp. So, like, why do they need four weeks to get ready for the season? Yeah, the PA will push for more time. I think the more time you give the players, the the less risk of an injury is there. And I think the players want more time just because it's you don't want to be embarrassed, right? It definitely gives the advantage to the younger players because if you're a guy who is in your 20s, 21, 22, 23, you can bounce back from this no problem. Like this is, this is easy for you. But if you're a guy who's 30 plus, this is a hard one to kind of bounce back from. I remember training camp when I was 20, 22, 23, 24, I never like had to take a cold tub. I was go, go, go. I I would wake up in the morning bouncing around. I was fine. When I hit 30, I was like in the cold tub. I was getting rubbed down. Training camp was a grind because your legs are not used to that type of skating. And you can skate in the summer all you want. You can simulate. You can do all kinds of things. Nothing compares to a game. Nothing at all. You can bag skate all day long. Nothing compares to an NHL game. And I remember in preseason, I would play two, three, four games in a row because I was like fourth line bender. They would just throw me out there because they needed the vet. There's this rule in the NHL where you have to dress three or four vets every game. You can't just throw out a team full of rookies. Might even be six. So I would get a ton of playing time in the preseason. And I would just be, my hamstrings would be falling off the bone. I would just be dying. And I trained pretty hard in the summer. So I think the NHLPA will fight for a three to four week training camp just to make sure that a, the product is good and B you keep these players safe. Like this is your investment. You don't just want to go do a two week camp and then jump right into playoffs or, or games that matter. You know, it's, it's a very, 
it can be a very dangerous situation. And then it's funny, the position that matters the most in hockey is the one that's the most effective, the goalies. These goalies haven't been seeing shots for two months now. You can't just take um, a Marc-Andre Fleury and say, okay, Flower, here you go. Take a one T right away, like in the playoffs. Like their reaction time is going to be slowed. Their side to side is going to be just a, a tad bit slower. And they're the ones that are going to be affected by the most by this. So I guarantee you those guys are pushing for as long a training camp as possible because you can skate. If you have a rink, that's great. Like the, you're very lucky. You have rollerblades. You can rollerblade around. That kind of simulates a little bit. Goalies have no chance to stay in shape during this time. I was texting with Al Stalock and he's like, man, like, if this is true, I am in trouble. Not in trouble, but I got to get to work because, like, he's he's a goalie. He can't, like, just throw his pads on and start moving around. Like, you, like your flexibility obviously goes. You, you don't have the usual staff around you. So, your hand-eye, like I said, is huge. That's a big factor. That'll be interesting to see once we hit the ice. If it does happen, if the goals per game jumps a little bit for the first couple of weeks, because I know in preseason there's goals everywhere and there's bad goals. There's goals that don't go, don't usually go in when you hit like January, February, but in September and October where they go in because the goalies just aren't sharp and it'll be interesting. Yeah. If it's playoffs and you got a goalie who was sitting around for two months, not working on his game and his eye, like these goalies are crazy. They work on their eyesight. Like they train their eyes and their eye muscles like fashion twitch reaction and stuff like they'll be sitting in the room just like moving their eyeballs i was like what are you doing and like oh working on my my twitch my eyeballs and if you're not if you do you can't see me right now but i'm moving my eyes very slow where the goalies would move them very fast so i don't know it'll be interesting the players need it if they give them three weeks three and a half weeks i think that's a sufficient enough time to get a couple preseason games in and then off to the races i think three weeks is a good a good length of time, but I, I'm guessing they'll try to push him to two. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, guess what? You'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. Are you missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. I actually watched Madden on ESPN. It's very exciting, the, the video game. You can bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Eat those hot dogs. All open 24 hours a day and all online. You got to go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. So you mentioned a couple of the players reaching out saying like, I'm not ready. Like, where did you hear this? What's going on? Like what, what are the, what's the reaction? And maybe you mentioned stay lock. I mean, how are guys reacting to your tweet? If, if it's yeah. true. No, I had a bunch of players and it was not like always oh, it true. I think a lot of them are just kind of confirming. Cause I, I truly believe that there has been internal conversations about this and yeah, Al was a little caught off guard. He's not a player rep. I, I think they've they've talked to the 
the guys they need to talk to. Like, I bet you if I talked to Johnny Taves, he would have been like, yeah, you know, we've been talking about starting it back up again. But he was a little panicked, a little shocked, but also understanding. He's like, yeah, I get it. Because some guys don't want to play. But then when you factor in the money factor where, okay, we could recoup half a billion dollars if we go through playoffs, and that cuts our escrow from a projected 40% to back to 20%. And if I'm making a million dollars, you're putting an extra 200 grand back in my pocket. Okay, well, maybe we can make this work. You know, so it does play a huge factor, the money angle and owners want to do it because everyone's losing money. Like this season, if they stop it now, this is a massive loss and it affects the NHL for years to come with salary cap and just all that sort of stuff. So I don't know, just from that factor alone, the money issue, I see them just really, really trying to get this season going. And I know they will lose money on tickets, but they'll make money on TV. They'll make money on commercials. They'll make money on all kinds of stuff. So if they can recoup that money and who knows if they start the season in July, the easing of the social distancing stuff, they can start letting fans back in the end of July, August. If they, you know, if this stuff moves on into September, maybe for the finals, who knows? And then push the season opening back to November, December and start the season then, and maybe only do a 62 game season. Who knows? I know they were toying around with the idea of doing the draft before the season ended just to get that out of the way. So they don't have to worry about that for next year. And then they, they could focus solely on the free agent period which would actually make a lot of sense. So we'll see. There's a lot of things. This is obviously a time that no one knows, and we're kind of making things up on the fly. I say we, they're making things up on the fly. But you can, you know, have circumstances like, yeah, let's do the draft in June, right? June 10th, do the draft. And that's it. And that's over with. Teams have already done their scouting. They know who they're going to draft. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Did you see the other thing, too? We mentioned the guy in Vancouver who's tweeting this out. He, um, and take this for what it's worth. It could just be an intern who's just getting ahead of the game. But um, the Bruins Facebook page added a, a game to their schedule for June 30th, where they had cleared it a few weeks ago. And now they're adding games back into the, the, the calendar. And so this is the official Bruins Facebook page. It is. Yep. Yep. So interesting. things are starting to trickle through uh, in the last couple of days after your tweet. Again, until we hear, you know, official word, then who knows what's going to happen. But it is interesting to see the reaction that comes out of all this. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. I, I think it. Ha- I think it. I think my tweet is reliable. I think that's the mindset, and I hope it happens. I honestly, I was on. Gosh, I kind of go back and forth so much on this topic, just because the information we get about this virus, it seems like week to week, it's so different. It's like last week, I was like, you know what? We're starting to get a handle on this. I feel good. I've heard it doesn't affect people from 44 and under as bad as it does people 44 and above. And then like a couple of days ago, I heard about all the other side effects of this virus. So people are getting blood clots and strokes and this and that. And I was like, well, maybe we pull back the reins a little bit and we we don't, you know, get too ahead of ourselves. So who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but you'd be stupid not to prepare. That's what I'll end with. You would be crazy not to prepare because the people who just sit there and just ride this out and are quarantined. And then when things open up and you're not ready to roll, you're going to look like a dummy. Like you have to be prepared. That's what you're paid the big bucks for. So Batman, if this is the truth, which I think it is, I, I, I stand by my tweet and I stand by my source. I think this is legit stuff. He's doing the right thing. 
get those European players home. It's not a big deal. Either you have to charter a jet or they just fly commercial. Like nobody's flying right now. Flights are, I've been looking at flights for my family to go to Europe next year just because they're so cheap. It's like, I'm going to cash in on this kind of low. I look, there's flights to Paris. You could get them for like 250 bucks. Wow. That's like dirt cheap. I know. So I was thinking, well, maybe go next year. I'll bring the whole crew. Eight, eight plane tickets, Tim. That's how much I have to buy. Why? Because I have eight. I'll have eight people in my family next year. Oh gosh, right? Yeah. Like that's a lot of plane tickets. That adds up quickly. Like yeah, you can't just be like you know what? Let's go to Florida. Oh yeah, you got to have eight plane tickets or get an eight seater van, and then you have to have two hotel rooms or rent a big house to stay in. So it's uh, it's no easy feat to plan a trip for a family of uh, well, it'll be eight at that point. So man, oh man, crazy. So- you sort of touched on the logistics of it all, but I mean, you know, it's, it's easy enough to imagine, like you said, maybe a hundred people in the arena between the players, the, the, the coaching staff, some security, some people that run the game, the officials, that kind of thing. And you can keep it really small. And I imagine even those will, they'll all run on basically skeleton crews, like the fewest amount of players or uh, coaches there as possible, fewest amount of officials, fewest amount of security just to, to keep those numbers down. But what about travel, right? Because you mentioned the plane, but you also have, like you guys take buses from the airport to the arena, right? In every city. Yep. I mean, so there's a one lot guy. of like, no, I mean, you have to imagine like who's packing the bags, who's, I mean, the security all the way through that. There's a, there's a lot of different people and you multiply times 31 in however many different cities. There's a lot of logistics. There, there really right? isn't when, when you're chartering a private jet, our guys pack the plane, like our training staff packs the plane. Our training staff unloads the plane. There's no security at all. You just walk right onto the plane. I could have smuggled drugs for 15 years or 10 years or guns. No one, no one checked any of my bags ever. Like that was not an issue. You get a bus driver. That's all you really need to get you to and from, I guess, the hotels. You would interact with hotels, but hotels are open. Like you, you would just kind of do what they always do. We would just get one floor. You just don't get your rooms cleaned. You know what I mean? It's like we have a vacation house that we rent out and VRBO, I guess, just said, you know, you have to space your guests by 24 hours now so you can have a true cleaning and make sure everything's disinfected. I'm like, all right, sounds good. You know, you, you roll with the punches and that's the way it works. And I don't think there would be much more interaction than that. It's not like they're walking through O'Hare terminal to get to a plane. There's a, there's a separate entry. You go in, it's a completely different airport. Like you don't even go in the main terminal. You have your VIP airport and you go in, you park in New York Rangers. I parked my car right beside the plane. Like the plane was on the runway. I literally took my car and I parked it 30 feet from the door. And that's how they did it. Then there was someone afterwards who came and got our cars and parked them. So (laughs) like it's, it's a different life that people don't understand and, or they haven't seen. So I don't think any of that would be an issue. Like you you don't interact with that many people. You can have the same staff. You can keep them quarantined because they're not going to be flying. I don't, I don't think anybody's chartering jets anymore. So I don't know. I I don't think it's a big deal. I guess crossing the border would be a little bit of an issue right now because they're not letting people cross the border for non-essential things. So I don't know. And who knows by June, July, things will be lax a little bit more. Maybe they might have a handle on this. They won't have a vaccine. I know that, but, you know, who knows, Tim? Drink a bottle of bleach, you'll be fine. <laughs> Don't do that. Traverse City was thrown around as a possible uh, destination for some games. Do you see that? 
Center I did ice. not. I did they not. Have, they have the the uh, the means to do it there. They have the arena for it. Yeah, and if yeah, if they're not going to have fans, it would be um, interesting to get like the TV equipment in there. That'd be. I would love that. Yeah. Imagine. I would. I would call the game. Oh, yeah. what a dream that would be. Oh, that would be great. And that's what I mean. Like, if certain states don't allow hockey you can you can move around this you can be flexible obviously it's not ideal for the team playing in that state but listen if your governor is going to be a boner like you got to make moves and roll with the punches like i said so if governor whitmer here who is awful like just terrible if she doesn't let us play hockey here we'll go play somewhere else we'll go play somewhere else governor whitmer you doofus so there's my political rant of the day, Tim. You probably voted for her. You're unbelievable. I don't know. I didn't vote in the local one. No, nah, you should have. She was awful. She's absolutely terrible. Oh, anyway. So what else, Tim, should we talk about? Should we, I think we've beat this to death. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what other, what other text or calls you get after this episode airs later today. Um, but yeah. Any, don't expect any more insider um, tips. I, I think this was one and done. I'm done sending out these type of tweets. It was it was like literally dozens of texts coming through and requests for like I just said everybody I'm like hey I'm not like no <laughs> sorry and I felt bad because there were some big names coming through from big networks like the top guys from every network reaching out like hey can we talk I'm like no sorry listen to the podcast bro brosive. <laughs> hopefully they do we'll see tim well i do should we end it off with anything special or just cut it off tim what do you think uh no i can't think of anything else i think we should just leave it on this topic any closing thoughts um if this is the case and there's hockey i'm excited if they do it the right way it'll be exciting to you know have hockey in the summer i know the players probably aren't too amped up about playing hockey in july and august that's usually their off season but like I said, time and time again, these are strange times. And when strange times happen, you have to do strange things. The ice will be terrible, though, in certain cities. Oof. Actually, oh, yeah. You know what's funny? What makes the ice bad in those cities is the constant opening and closing of all those doors. That's why all those arenas have curtains to keep the kind of cold air where it's supposed to be. It's, it's the air transfer that ruins all the rinks. The down so south, people, mostly? mostly down south but especially when it's warmer like even in cities like st louis and chicago and all those cities will be warm if the if play resumes in july and august it's the constant air circulation from the bowl level so if you can keep that air from encroaching on ice level you'll be fine the ice will be great it'll be great. yeah you gotta imagine that they're already starting to prepare for that kind of stuff right like even in boston they don't have curtains but i bet they're gonna start putting those in in anticipation of a you know july august september games it gets hot there too well, you know? what I'm saying is they won't need them because no one's going to be opening the doors. There'll be no fans coming in and out. Yeah, they put those point. curtains in for, for fans because they're, they're taking warm air and bringing it into the rink. And human bodies emit a lot of heat that you don't even realize. So that heat's entering the arena. You got the sunlight. You got the warm air for the concourse. It's a lot of warm air just being forced into the ice surface. So ice, ice won't be a problem. It won't be an issue. What'll be an issue is when they want to start getting fans back into the game. What if, what if they can only have like a thousand people? What if one city you can have big gatherings and other cities you can't like, how does that 
work out. So there'll be some massive revenue sharing if that happens. Just say Toronto, they lift the ban and Toronto's allowed to have fans. You got a packed house, you're making a couple million dollars a day. Boston, you're not allowed to do it. You're making nothing. You, you better better be sure Jeremy Jacobs is going to be knocking on Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment and be like, hey, buddy boy, let's see some cashola, Jacobs. The cheapest owner in the league by far. He is. He's, he's terrible. Awful. What he did with his employees, he's not putting them on. He just like fired them all. How does that make you feel as a Bruins fan? It's embarrassing. Isn't embarrassing. it embarrassing? Yeah. All right, let's get – actually, let's, let's end on this. What are your thoughts on Gronk? Uh, um, honestly, it's not that upsetting because we knew he wasn't going to come back with the Patriots anyway. We got a couple of draft picks for basically an asset we were never going to have. Um, my main thing is I'm wondering how far in advance something like this was planned between those two, Brady and Gronk. Like, yeah, and maybe they didn't have a destination in mind, but he kind of, I bet Tom sort of said like, Hey, I'm, I wouldn't go to anywhere other than maybe these four or five cities and, and Gronk like had taken last year off and maybe he was, that was always the plan. I, I don't know. I'm curious to see if any, any of that comes to light. No, I read that he, he told his agent he would only go to Tampa Bay. That was it. Gronk. Yeah. And he because talked to Tom, Tom after yeah. Tom signed in Tampa Bay, they had a conversation where like, I would play there with you. So very interesting. What does, does that kind of ruin the shine of the new England Patriots that their top two players that they had for 10 years did not want to go back to new England. Cause you know, they offered Brady a contract and you know, Gronk he's making, he was going to make like 16 million last year, something silly like that. 10 to 16. He didn't even want to go back to new England, but he'll go to Tampa Bay. I, I think it was more like, I think Belichick was ready to move on from Brady. I don't think he pursued that hard. And what I think, about the I think, Gronk situation though? He said he didn't yeah. want to go back to new England, but he'll go to Tampa Bay. Well, he's going to go wherever Tom was. That was always, he's always said that. I don't think yeah. that's really news. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it would be pretty cool to see those two teams play each other in the Super Bowl, right? They're Imagine. scheduled to play this year. Yeah. In Foxborough. In Foxborough. Yeah. Gosh. That, that'll be the hottest ticket ever. More than a Super Bowl. That'll be a hot ticket. It'll be so interesting to see what's the crowd do, what, what's the reaction like, what are the interviews like and the player interactions. I can't imagine they don't just give them a standing ovation. They I'm have sure to. They, they have yeah. to. Gronk is like so loved there, and Tom just, yeah, he's like could run for mayor and win. Yeah. And the idea of New England being in the Super Bowl, that is a fantasy world. They traded away their only first-round pick, and then they picked um, a guy who plays D3. D2, but yeah, good point. Like they're not going to be anywhere near the Super Bowl. They won't even make the playoffs. Like they are going to. They're going breakfast. Breakfast. They're going to make the playoffs. Breakfast. They're going to yes. make the playoffs. Breakfast. The Bills win the AFC East. We've already. We, that bet's already locked in. I know. I'm just confirming it for all our listeners. That's a bet. That's a. It's. It's almost a too easy of a bet. The Patriots. There's no way they can make the playoffs. No way. Not a chance it's, in the world. As soon as restaurants start opening, we got to just plan a week and just do five breakfasts in a row. What, you saying I can't have two breakfasts in one day? Is that a challenge? <laughs> oh, I'm not paying for two breakfasts in one day. Breakfast brunch. You owe me a few. <laughs> All right, Tim. Hey, how good was that McIntyre interview, by the way? Really good. Yeah, hopefully that'll release later this week. He was fun. He He's was got- a blast. Yeah. A treat. Got to go on a fire truck ride. Showed us his, what was that, a bass violin? Yeah. He played us a little bass violin. He's just a beautiful man he is. Really, really, it's, just great. 
it's so true too. like you said this before like the the enforcer fighter types have so much more personality and so much more like zing and pep in the way they tell their stories they just see the game differently their career experience was so different from the star players and they've spent so much time watching listening observing uh being in those rooms even the cool story he said like the one year with the penguins he said he was a healthy scratch for like 60 percent of the games but that was also the year that crosby was hurt so they spent a lot of time together yeah, yeah, and working out and, you know, watching the, the from the press box with him and just – I'm sure he's just got – you know, he could have his own show. He's got stories for days. Oh, for sure. He's like – he is me on steroids. Not literal <laughs> steroids, but like he is me but like worse. Like he bounced around even more than I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. it's – it's I'm very fortunate of my career after after listening to what he went through. I'm like, man, I lucked out. I hit the jackpot somehow. Do you think you would have done what he did as far as like no, my wife all those leagues? Like, yeah. No, my, my wife would have shut me down without a doubt. There would have been no chance. I think you make the NHL, you go back to the A. I would, I like, he was in the East Coast, the UHL, the FHL, the SQHL, the, the WHA2. Like, he was in nine leagues, I think, over 17 years, 16 teams or something silly like that. I I did the tally. I threw that paper out. But, yeah, he was an absolute journeyman. And everywhere he went, he just destroyed guys, like absolutely just destroyed guys. So very interesting interview. It's I'm I'm excited for this one. We keep getting great interviews, better and better and better. We got some big ones coming up, too. Who do we got? We can't drop the names yet. Can we? Why not? Brian McGratton. I know. Well, we got Brian McGratton coming up. And then I'm not going to bring up the other one. Yeah. I'm not going to bring up that one. I got to make sure that one's confirmed. That'll kill the internet, that one. It will. It will. Uh, that's, I'll turn my phone off for, again for that one. That'll be annoying. But. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed the show. If you're, if you're a new listener, check us out. Obviously, uh, we know what we're talking about here. We are breaking news and breaking hearts. Dropping the gloves with John Scott and Tim Wurzberger. Peace. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.